Welcome to Nonprofit Thursdays, where we educate, elevate, engage, and encourage nonprofit organizations and the people who love them. Music moguls giving back is my topic today. I talk with two people who have produced concerts for corporate clients like Carnegie Hall, Sony Music, the Grammys, Comedy Central, and many more. Their individual work includes Showtime at the Apollo, American Idol, and Dancing with the Stars. I'm delighted to talk with Ray and Vivian Chu, who personify music moguls giving back through their nonprofit organization, Power to Inspire. Ray and I are very aware of our blessings. And we both have had really, really full careers. And it was, it was time to give back. You know, I'll say, I remember Ray coming to me one day and talking about all these different young people that would come to him and say, so Mr. Chu, you know, I've gone to Berkeley or I've gone to Oberlin or, you know, I put in my work and, and now what? And so Power to Inspire really does answer the question of now what? Mm-hmm the power to inspire, but you're doing more than just inspiring. You're providing tools uh, for these young people. Talk about that a little bit. So one of the biggest questions uh, that we've had from young people is the how, how, how do I get from where I'm at to where I, I've been dreaming? And that's the, one of the things that we want to provide. We want to provide those tools and we get them from you know great uh, mentors and people like that. It's the information and not only the information, but, you know, we also provide those opportunities to bridge the gap from your know, education to being in the workforce. So this whole idea of mentorship, it's been around like forever, but it gets tossed around kind of casually uh, in today's uh, world. And I'd be curious about your thoughts on uh, what mentorship means within your foundation. Hmm. Well, I think it's a two-way street. You know, one of the things that we told our mentees slash interns over our summer program was that not only are you looking for someone to help guide you, but what are you going to bring to this person's life as well? So we matched up after we did a four-week virtual summer internship program. And then after that, we matched up a intern with a mentor that we thought would, would suit them. And um, just guiding them along the process on how to be a good mentee as well. And so what is it that makes for a good mentee other than listening? <laughs> I think identifying the needs of who your mentor is. You know, I was very, very blessed to have several mentors in my life, particularly in the music industry. And for me, it was always anticipating what their needs were before they even came to me with the ask. So I think that makes a really good mentee. And so with this whole notion of relationships being at the heart of success, along with the tools, of course, but what you're providing is a pathway to get to know other people that can be helpful to them. Uh, what is it that the mentors are getting out of this? Well, I'll tell you what, the, the mentors, I've been very wonderfully, and I don't want to say surprised, but it's been a wonderful, refreshing moment to see how enriched they were by the experience. Absolutely. You know, it's when, when you're able to 
see that you're actually helping it, the, the hour that you they put on the phone or the couple of hours that that is actually enriching these young people. They get an immediate reaction. It's like performing on stage and do a great performance and the audience applause right away. You can feel that immediate. So the 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 young people have, have demonstrated you know that this is a great experience for them. And in turn, you know, the, the mentors have, have really, uh, it's been a two-way symbiotic relationship, one that, that feeds the other and, and one that enriches the other. And the whole experience has been great. Can you name name? We had 75 mentors from all around the world. 75? Yeah, 75. Wow. And because we decided to do this virtually, it made it so much easier. We could bring the world to us and to our to our young people. So we had mentors from all over the U.S. We had the U.K., Canada, France, Germany, uh, Japan, South Africa, Nigeria, and Kenya. And these so, were all asked based on your relationship with them. On our relationship, and there were you guys, oh, you rock. You know you rock. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you for that. We divided them up into three different lanes. We had singer, songwriter, musician, producer, and music industry. And they had amazing mentors. In our music industry, we had the president of Arista Records, David Massey. We had um, entertainment attorneys. We had finance people. Ray's musician community stepped up. You want to talk about some of the um, musicians and songwriters? We had? Yeah, well, we, you know, we have producers who have got great acclaim. Uh, and musicians, you know, with the, the many years in ex, uh, ex, of experience in the field, these are the types of people that the young people wanted to hear from. They wanted to know direct information. Sure. Yes. Yes, indeed. So I'm, I'm still, you, you're going to leave me hungry now? Where are the, no, the names? So this is what we did. So on Mondays and Wednesdays were our regular classes and the young people were divided in their own um, lanes. So there were three Zooms going on at one time. And then on Fridays, we created something called Heavy Hitters Friday. So there were four Fridays. Our first Friday, we invited MC Light and her business partner, Lynn Richardson, to talk about financial literacy. And Gatsby, these young people were so engaged. I mean, I was so impressed. Ray and I were so proud of them that they were taking very uh, strongly, you know, what their financial futures could possibly look like. So that was week one. Week two, we had brought our good friend George Clinton on to Ooh. do a Q&A with the journalist Greg Tate. Um, week three was Rachel interviewing. All right, all right. Gamble of Gamble and Huff. Oh, so that was a wonderful session. Watching Ray uh, talk to one of his icons, and then we ended up with a producer by the name of the Dream. The Dream has written and produced for Beyonce and Rihanna and Bruno Mars. And then Ray brought a very special person in to close up for us. Want to talk about who that was? Well, you're almost there. You got this. You got it too funny. All right, so so all we are watching. This is kind of you know this is kind of the how this works. We have we have a a car that 
we have two drivers. <laughs> That's the business marriage and the business relationship. <laughs> and, and guys, well, you probably know. You know. Oh, I, I know want, how I, well I, I know. I want this in the video, okay? <laughs> I want to. All right, so being married and, and doing business together, this is an example of you know how you have to learn to work in in the in the sandbox together. Absolutely. Uh, so when we have these, and we do a lot of these, and she's like nudging me, and you know. I'm like, anyway, (laughs) but here we go. So, yes, when we got to the the, the final one, I I made a special call to Alicia Keys. And she was very responsive. And initially, you know, she had a a very tight day. And she said, well, you know what? You know, maybe I can get on for like like 10 minutes or something, you know. And and we did it as a surprise because I didn't want to, you know, uh, set expectations you know, balloon them up with the with the kids too much. But when she got on, she stayed on not 10 minutes. She stayed on not 20, not 30. She stayed on for 45 minutes. Oh my goodness. And to the point where, you know, I was getting I was getting texts from uh some of her support teams and hey, you know, we, we need her over here. You know, I said, Shut hey. it down. <laughs> I said Alicia makes her own decision. Yes. That, that, that was also a lesson to be like, so the whole thing, every step of the way and every interaction, even the interactions between Vivi and I, we're learning a process for them. And they, and they, the good news is that they were very keen. They're very aware, very, very astute. All the questions that, that they asked were educated questions, yeah. not to say hey, what kind of, you know, watch you got, you know, Right. I, 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 we specifically said they don't come with you know fluff questions. All right, you know, or internet questions. All right, don't do that. <laughs> you know, come with some real things that you know. When, when, as you're seeking to learn, others would be. That's the same question I need to. Sure, you know, because this is serious business here. It is exactly. Yes, yes. So with a nonprofit, it usually is established to solve a problem. What problem are you solving? through Power to Inspire? Well, that's a good question. Uh, well, since I, you know, I got the floor a little bit. You know, <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, since she let me have the floor a little bit. Everybody <laughs> watching. <laughs> the, uh, the problems that, that, that face society, and especially during this time where we see there's, there's the, uh, there's the, appreciation of the struggle that people have had to make in systemic racism or in the face of systemic racism, all right? Because that's just been something that's been enlightened. Obviously, for those who've been in the struggle, this is this is generations of it. But some of the things that, you know, the, the, that people have been, these young people have been seeing is the appreciation of how to apply your skills and your energy in the face of face of you know these types of situations, and and in doing so, you know what value you have as 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 you know one in the in the in the whole field of things. How your your journey matters. Yes, that's that's beautiful, beautifully said. Yeah, we established Power to Inspire in 2013. And um, it was, and still is, inclusive of any young person that aspires to be in the music industry. 
However, this year, Ray and I made a very important decision to respond to the Black Lives Matter initiative that was happening this year. So specifically this past summer, we dedicated the program to brown and black young children, uh, young children, <laughs> to brown and black young people um, to, to be a part of it and, and it worked wonderfully. If you could uh, tell the story of racial inclusion in the music industry at the highest levels, um, in six words, how could you tell that? What would that story be? I was going to start and tell the story. The story is more about racial disclusion. Disclusion. That would probably be my one, two, three. So there's one word. Racial disclusion. It's more about racial disclusion. All right. Is that six words? It's more about racial disclosure. Inclusion. So while we're laughing about that, that's a pretty serious thing. And how is what you are doing uh, feeding a pipeline or, or whether or not it is to help look at that in a different way? I think that's exactly what we're doing is we're creating a pipeline of young talent. You know, um, there was just an article that appeared in Billboard and I can't remember what record legal person said this, but he basically said, there's not enough good black people for me to hire. Oh, that's why I have not hired. That was the CEO of Wells Fargo who- That's right. What a mea culpa that was. was, but. That had also been sent, said by a label person previously, but you're Ooh. absolutely right. I did see the Wells Fargo uh, mention. So we are going to make sure that that is no longer an excuse, that we have a pool of young people who are qualified, who are passionate, who have been groomed, who've been groomed, and who will have us as mentors throughout their careers. And now that during the process, I want to add to that, that during the process, I don't see, and I, and I'll, I don't recall his name, right? The, the, the CEO of Wells Fargo. However, the education process, because I don't see him as somebody who was, you know, somebody who was harsh, racial, mm-hmm. you know, discriminatory in practice. I just see him as somebody who didn't have the right information. Because matter of fact, he mm-hmm. said that during a meeting in which they were trying to promote more diversity. And he said that because he didn't know. So he needs some education. Right. He needs to know that all of the institutions you know, that are learning historically black colleges and, 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 and all of the great white, you know, I'm sorry, all of the great uh, institutions across the country that, you know, that seemingly are of, of one uh, cut from one quilt, they actually, there are, there's a whole uh, community of people that he just doesn't know about. Right? That's true. That and he did. He did. eligible. Yes. He's been eligible for many years. Right. And he did recently uh, apologize for that. Uh, and someone is educating him, which is a good thing. And we're we're going to allow that. We're going to allow that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's how we yeah. You know, there, yeah, there's some of the people who are, you know, the staunch uh, racist. You're not going to change them. You know, and, and we're going to let them. That's on the fringe. But we want to talk to those in the middle who, who, who are willing and, and open to the information and the looking to move. And that's where we present a new workforce. We want to say, hey, you know, this is a generation of young people that are 
totally qualified. And now that that, they, they're ready and they've been given the tools to be ready for the workforce. Here they are. Is, is this time more ripe for this than past times in history? Oh, I think the events since the murder of George Floyd have totally shifted where this is the perfect opportunity for young African-American and Latino people who are talented and who have the desire, the opportunities are opening up. I mean, it's just so obvious. I mean, you look on LinkedIn and everybody's getting jobs and everybody's hiring, you know, diversity heads and all that. So I think the timing is absolutely perfect and particularly for women. Yes. Well, yes. And for people of color, period, actually. So here I'm, I'm envisioning you with my eyes closed, Ray, with your baton leading the Dancing with the Stars Orchestra. Uh, how often are these mentees exposed to what you do on set? Are you able to do that? Well, yes, I've invited uh, you know a few of them to, to come and join me and, and let them see how we do. As a matter of fact, that's one of the things I really... Uh, uh, encourage and like to see happen because it was one of the ways that I learned so much. I had my teachers and mentors who were, you know, some of the first black people on Broadway. They used to bring me down into the pit with them during the show. And I would sit there and watch how they do what they do. Uh, and, and so, and, and, you know, and one of my mentors, that was one of my teachers and mentors, his name was Warren Smith. All right. And one of my other teachers and mentors, his name is Coleridge Taylor Perkinson. He's one of the first black uh, conductors on, on TV. All right? Teach, teach and, us some history. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, he, he was doing the Barbara McNair show, you know, wow. when that was on. And he was the, the music director. And I was there. He would take me there and sit me on the side. I'm like 11 and 12 years old. They would take me and, you know, this is, you know, and without even being said, I was just in the room learning because besides the other, you know, experiences that he was giving me during the education process, that was one. Just watch me do what I do. And that's what I do with the young people. I invite them in, you know what, have a seat. Watch me do what we do. At the end of the day, you can ask me some questions. I'll give you some, or maybe I should ask you some questions, you know. I, I liked how the, the tennis player, when asked, what what's her name? Naomi. Just one. Yeah, they just won yes. the U.S. Open. Yes, yes. Well, they're asking her, you know, about, you know, and, and she flipped and said, well, no, no, what did you learn from this? That's right. And so I flipped that to them, you know, what are you learning from this? What did you see in the last, you know, 12 hours of rehearsal that I Yes, did? yes. Right. So you know? important. And, and, and as you see how I navigate 12 hours of rehearsal of total focus. Mm -hmm. You know, by the way, that's that's the kind of rehearsal days we put in. The TV is 12 and 14 hours, mm. right? Focus, focus, focus. While you sit there, you know, and, and actually, and then I'll have to say in contrast, and I'll make it short. We've I've seen, we've had some people that have demonstrated that they don't get it. Yeah. And in the process, we we that's that's why we had a screening process. I, you know, some years ago, I brought in uh, an intern who had who had spoke about wanting to be in, you know, into the television industry. So I was doing American Idol at the time. It's just I 
you can't even get in on the lot. This was the, still one of the biggest shows on TV. I, I got, not only did I get her in to lot, she was, I brought her in as an uh, intern on my team, which gave her access to the entire studio. Right. Right? During that time, I, I, I said to her, I said, you know, by the way, and this is what I also say to the young people now, there's no such thing as a, you know, as, as just a coffee run. The coffee run brings you into the room where you can learn other things. And so you don't never just do coffee. Absolutely. You, coffee is just an item. Mm-hmm. You, you you have an opportunity to you know, briefly say hi or, or say nothing, but how you do it and learn something while you're in there with, you know, you know doing the coffee run or doing the, the, the paper copy. Anyway, it, in contrast to, you know, we've learned something and you did ask the question, like, what have we learned during the process of putting our program together. I've learned that you also have to prepare them for that moment. She took the the, the coffee runs because she'd already got a, a master's or something. She took the coffee run as demeaning, okay? Oh, so she boy. she did the coffee and she did the paper, the copying paper and threw it on the desk and sat there, you know, waiting for, you know, for us, for us to give her, you know, some big grand, you know, right. production task. S- serving and, up attitude. Oh yeah, and at the end of at the, at the end of ten weeks, twelve weeks of, of production, nothing. She she was she she. I had to rate her below zero because you know zero would, would be you know at least <laughs> water level. She took she took a, a good opportunity away from somebody else. Yes, anyway, yeah. And and so in doing so, we learned that the, you know we have a screening process for those. We only had twenty five mentees right and so we we knew that of 25 we wanted to make sure those people have demonstrated to others that this this that they're ready for this opportunity so referrals were very important that's right i didn't want to just give this we wanted to slots away to somebody who's not going to be the right appreciative of it and ready Absolutely. I'm gonna give the floor to Vivian because she has some wonderful. Yes, because I'm gonna ask her. I'm gonna ask her a question in a second, but I I, wanted to just comment on what you said because recently I saw a Zoom call of was a a group of a lot of people on a Zoom call, and the the facilitator asked, uh, "How many of you want to be successful?" Everybody raised their hand. Then he said, "Now, how many of you are ready to put in the very hard work that it's going to take?" one person kind of here. So we we know that there is this criteria for mentorship and menteeship that you're willing to put in the very hard work to make it happen if you're serious. So I understand what you're saying. So Vivian, you have cultivated uh, stars all over the world. You have uh, developed talent to a point where they can be successful. What kinds of things that you have uh, employed in the past to make artists successful did you put into place with your program? I think the most successful artists that I've worked with were artists that we developed and that we developed not only from their musical standpoint, but also just them as people. So we would bring in media coaches and we would bring in image builders. And those are the kinds of things that we talked about in this program. 
was how important it was for them as young people, not only to aspire for the careers that they thought, which was also very interesting because somewhere in the middle, half of them shifted their focus and said, I thought I wanted to do that, but now that you've exposed mm-hmm. us to people, you want to do that, which was great. Yes, so they grew. They were wanted. growing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But through the process, we encouraged our mentors to talk about not only the uh, successes that they had professionally, but also what some of the, their, their challenges were and the things that our young people needed to look out for, just as particularly being black and brown people having to go into boardrooms, possibly. Yes, yes. So we, um, we also ended our program after we had uh, the Dream and Felicia. We brought in a mental health specialist out of Atlanta, a woman named Shanti Das. She has an organization called Silence of Shame. Mm-hmm. And she really talks to young African-Americans about mental health and the stigma and how to put that to the side. And particularly in this time where young people are so confused, they're not, they're, they're doing college on a computer at home. And we don't know when this thing called COVID-19 is going to end. Sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. Well, that holistic approach can do nothing but really shape wonderful human beings as well as great musicians and music industry moguls and whatever they choose to be because of you in their lives. This is just incredibly wonderful. So glad to know that you're doing this. I know people want to know more. Is the music industry supporting you from a fundraising point of view? Well, they're about to. All right. (laughs) I think that this is one of the things, you know, Ray and I, we talked about that. It's like, you know, do we go out and raise funds to support this? Or maybe what we do is we just do it. So this was a prototype and this ended up being the first of its kind in the entertainment industry, a pure virtual uh, internship mentee uh, mentorship program. So we've proven it. And now they're coming to us as opposed to us having to come to them. This is good. I want you to have a very robust fundraising program. Uh, That would be my advice to you unsolicited but coming from an expert. But, but I want to turn now to uh, Inside the Actor Studio, which is a program that I loved and uh, I borrowed some things and from its pages. And so, Ray, I wanted to ask you the, the first question from Inside the Actor Studio question, which is, what is your favorite sound? My favorite sound is space. Space. That's right. There's this. That's that's the those are notes in between this sound and that sound, and a lot of people don't appreciate that because if you have all sounds occurring at the same time, then it's clutter, and that's what we get a lot of times with and just in the world we have. Just imagine yourself sitting in traffic and everybody's honking the horn at the same time. That's that's you. You can't even the clutter of that is, is, can, can be, you know, nerve wracking, right? I get it. And imagine, you know, the serenity you have when you go on the beach or somewhere and then you can hear this sound, the sound of an ocean or the sound of a, you know, a seagull, you know, or a rock falling or something. So space has, has this place in, in the music. I like that. I like that a lot. And, for you, Vivian, uh, what is your favorite word? <laughs> what is my favorite word? Blessed. 
Bless. I use it a lot. Blessed is my favorite word. And and give us a little insight on as to why. Because I've been, we've been so blessed, you know. I say this, you know, raise the young boy from the Bronx and I'm the young girl from Queens and God saw fit to bring us together even before we were born. And he already knew the blessings that he was going to bestow upon us. We just had to walk into it. So we've joined hands over the last couple of decades and walked into so many blessings. And because we have been so blessed, it is our responsibility to bless others. It's a blessing to be a blessing. Oh, that's wonderful. Great answers. So I'll ask this of both of you, this last question. Uh, When all is said and done, how do you want to be remembered? Who wants to go first? Uh, I want to be remembered as somebody who loved really hard. I love hard. You know, if I love you, I love you all the way. I love you 360. And I think that that I do that professionally and I do that personally. So that's how I would want to be remembered. All right. And Ray? I think that uh, you can put on my, you know, it's part of my epitaph, uh, child of of God who recognized his mission. God orders your steps. And for me, I, uh, you know, I, I knew that my mission from a very early age and I've been blessed and guided. I've been grace with his grace and mercy on my life. And so, yes, I'm a child of God. Excellent. You both have blessed me personally, and you have blessed so many others and the world. And I just, on behalf of the world, say thank you to both of you for being who you are. What a conversation. I really can't thank Vivian and Ray Chu enough for sharing what was like music to my ears. Thank you for joining us on Nonprofit Thursdays. And until next time, please visit us at www.thegasbygroup.com.